0: The question that she asks, is there one general thing to be generally true in a general way that would help anyone with any situation? Nice specificity there, right? I mean, she just got right to the root of her problem. I I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life that I have wanted the answer to a question that was something like that. I didn't know exactly what I needed or or wanted, but I knew that there was something wrong and I knew that I needed an answer. And I think all of us can relate in some form or fashion, maybe at some different period of time in our lives or another, to the question that she just asked. And I want to point you this morning and over the course of these next few weeks together to a book that's hidden in the scripture right in the middle. It's called Proverbs. Many of you have heard of it. Some of you may have not. That's fine. But we're going to be taking a look at Proverbs over the course of these next few weeks because hidden inside of Proverbs are some of the keys to living a successful life. And so we're going to be taking a look at Proverbs and what God has to say for us today. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to them. We're going to be in one passage this morning, one only. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to start right at the beginning. Some of you are asking, wait a minute, that's 30 chapters. How are you going to do this in four weeks? Well, you just need to come back each week and find out. Okay, there you go. A little plug to come back each week. Um, Good morning. Um, I I hope you're doing well. My name's Todd. I'm the lead pastor. For those of you I don't know, so glad that you're here worshiping uh, with us this morning. I'm very excited about this series that we're going to be tackling. Cody and I will be uh, tackling this in the month of November. And I'm very excited about it for a lot of different reasons One of which is that I need in my life sometimes to go back to God's Word to find the wisdom in how to live a successful life. And it can be found really only through God's Word. Anything else is just a replication or a variation on that. And so we're going to be taking a look at God's Word and find out how we can find wisdom in different areas of life, we're going to be taking a look at four specific areas of life, and uh, today's message is more of a broad overview, and what wisdom is, and how we can find it, and that sort of thing. I want to encourage you to do two things during this series, and so this is, this is my challenge for this series to you. Um, number one, I want to challenge you to um, take notes and to um, bring your Bibles. Um, I realize we have our verses on the screens all the time for those of you who don't have a Bible, and that's great. But I want to challenge you to bring your Bible and to take notes. Uh, this series will be very practical um, for not just maybe what you're going through right now, but for different aspects. Of life. So I want to encourage you to take notes, and of course Cynthia already mentioned that you can find the notes um, there online, and you also, if you want them on paper, you can receive them when you come in. Secondly, I want to encourage you to read through the book of Proverbs this month. Wouldn't it be great that at the end of November, if we as a church could say, we read through a whole book of the Bible before Christmas even got started? I think that would be a real accomplishment. So I want to encourage you to read through the book of Proverbs and to help you. We've given you these um, little bookmarks. If you were here last week, you received one. I had it upside down there. If you were here last week, you received one. And uh, if you don't have one, I want to encourage you to go back as you exit today by guest services. And Ann and Dennis can hand you one of these. On the back of this is each day of the month and the corresponding proverb that goes with that day. Now, that day. Now, Proverbs is um, actually 31 chapters long. There's 30 days in November. So you're going to have to double up on the last day of the month. Okay. It's just that easy. And so I want to encourage you to be doing that, whether it's through an electronic version of Scripture or whether it's through a printed actual hard copy of Scripture. Let's, as a church, be reading God's Word together in the month of November, okay? Now, before we dive into today's help desk question, um, I want to give a little background, background on the book of Proverbs. Let's talk a little bit about the book of Proverbs. This isn't in your notes. This is extra. This is free. And so you can write it or not write it. I don't care. But this will just give you a little bit of context of what Proverbs is all about and why the book was written, who it was written by, and that sort of thing. I want to begin with the authorship of Proverbs. Who wrote this book about wisdom? Well, it's interesting. We um, we know a lot of the characters in the Bible, and and some of you um, probably, most of you probably, regardless of kind of your church background or your Bible knowledge, you know of King David. Um, Other than Jesus and Moses, who, you know, we watch Moses on TV every year, don't we? Um, Charlton Heston, you know, the Ten Commandments. So we watch that every year. So we know a lot about Moses. Um, We know a lot about Jesus. But probably the next person that we know a lot about is King David. And I would imagine most of you would know something about King David. And King David was a very accomplished person. He was a very accomplished man. Think about how much he accomplished in his life. He was a shepherd. He was a musician, a poet. He was a warrior, military strategist. He had talent. He had a sharp mind. He had a steady hand. And God's word says that he was a man that was very close to God. In fact, Scripture said he was a man who was a man after God's own heart. But David had some flaws, like we all have some flaws, like all humans have flaws. One of David's flaws is that he was impetuous. He was a bit impulsive. And sometimes he acted before he thought. Any of you like that with me? We act and then we think. Am I really the only one that's like that? Okay, great. (laughs) Um, David was impetuous sometimes. And a lot of times, David didn't act with wisdom. His son, however, was a man who was incredibly, incredibly wise. And so David's son, Solomon, wrote the book of Proverbs, inspired by God's Holy Spirit, to pen these words that were words of wisdom, And so Solomon wrote, as many authors do, about the thing that he was best at, he wrote about wisdom. And so he penned these words that we have today called Proverbs at the beginning of his reign as king. He reigned for 40 years. He was one of Israel's longest kings. And unfortunately, towards the end of his life, he turned away from God. But during that first part of his life, as he was really connected with God and listening to the Spirit of God and the heart of God, he penned these words that we have today called Proverbs. Two hundred years later, King Hezekiah came along and some of King Hezekiah's men began to kind of edit these words and make sure that they kind of resembled what uh, Solomon wanted. And so what we have today as a result of that is basically Solomon's words to us, that is called Proverbs. And so that's a little bit about the authorship. I want to switch now to the intent. Why was this book written? Why was the book of Proverbs written in the first place? Well, it's interesting because so much of Scripture, if you dive into God's Word, so much of Scripture has to do with our heavenly home and living life here, but really it has to do with our heavenly home. And if you're, if you're not churched or, or maybe you're new to the whole church thing, um, God's Word, kind of the breath of God's Word, is the message of the God-man relationship. That at the beginning of time, God created heaven and earth and He created man and woman. And, and we sinned before God. You, you probably know the story of the Garden of Eden. And we kind of did that back in, at Easter, um, that, that man disappointed God by sinning there in the Garden of Eden. And it changed everything forever. So now there's this gap between man and God. Well, God redeemed mankind by sending his son Jesus to die a brutal death on the cross and to be raised again on the third day to go be with God in heaven. And if we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ, we can be saved. That's the good news message of of the Bible, the gospel message of the Bible. But it's interesting, Proverbs is a book that reflects that often, but Proverbs is a book that's written very much, its intent is for us to live a successful life while here on earth. It's a very different book in that it's written for us to have success here. Now, when we think of success, we, the first few things that probably come to your mind is you know, money, career, relationships. And Proverbs has some things to say about that. But the success that Proverbs wants us to have is success according to God's measure of success. And so that's what we're going to be taking a look at. What does God's measure of success look like? Now, Proverbs was written by Solomon. He was writing it. Verse 8 in chapter 1 says he was writing it to his son. But it's interesting in Proverbs because often what Solomon does in Proverbs is in talking about wisdom and having wisdom in life, he personifies wisdom. So as you're reading through it this month, you're going to often see wisdom speaking to you. And wisdom, Solomon always had wisdom portrayed as a woman. Isn't that appropriate, ladies? That wisdom is portrayed as a woman speaking to us. Men, yep, true, isn't it? Happens all the time in my house. Wisdom speaks to me all the time. But I love that. I love that because in some sense, we need to understand and we need to have wisdom personalized so that we can make it applicable to our lives. And Solomon, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, thought that was the best way to do that was to personify wisdom. And so there's going to be times when you read that and you'll see that literary feature in there of Solomon really personifying wisdom. Now, Proverbs is interesting also because it's a collection of pithy, brief and catchy statements that are really intended to make the biggest impact on our life. It's intended to make a big impact in our lives Proverbs, like any other book, should be studied with precision and detail, and we're going to do that over the course of these next few weeks, and I challenge you to do that in your own time with you and God. But it's interesting because while we need to study it in detail, the application, and here's what I want you to hear this morning, the application of the book of Proverbs is often very general in its nature. It's often very general in its nature. It's not intended to deal with very minute, uh, uh, specific things, although it may in some cases in your life, as the Word of God can do. But it was intended to be applied generally. Let me give you an example. You've probably heard the phrase, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. What well, does that mean if you literally eat an apple every day that you're not ever going to have to go to the doctor? No. What that phrase means is that healthy eating will equal a healthy life. Does that make sense? That's the way Proverbs ought to be applied to our lives. So as you read it, don't get bogged down in the details of what what Solomon is trying to say and God's Holy Spirit is trying to say to you specifically, but allow it to have an overarching application To what you're going through here in 2013. And so that's what Proverbs is. That's kind of the authorship, kind of the overview and how we should study it. Let's begin, though, by doing this in kind of four parts. And what I want to do is kind of wet your appetite on Sunday, and Cody and I will be doing that. We're going to wet your appetite so that you can dive in deeper on your own throughout the week in November. We're going to be taking four different questions that we've called help help desk questions questions, and we're going to be taking a look at four different verses from Proverbs and passages from Proverbs, and we're going to be applying them to our lives. So let's dive in. Let's answer the first help desk question, which is a general one, and it's kind of the question that you saw in the video that she was asking, and it's this, how do I get wisdom and knowledge? How do I get wisdom and knowledge? Now, before we dive in too much further, and before we get to the text this morning, um, I just want to point out that oftentimes in Proverbs, wisdom and knowledge are dealt with synonymously. They may be vastly different things, but they're dealt with the same. So you might hear me say wisdom or you might hear me say knowledge in the context of what we're going to be talking about. We're talking about wisdom, which a good definition of wisdom is skill for living a successful life life. Skill for living a successful life. So as we're kind of walking through this, realize that wisdom and knowledge in this context may very well go together. I would say this. It's good for those of you who are Christ followers, if you're a Christ follower in here, um, to be pursuing wisdom. Knowledge is just up here and it stays up here, but wisdom can give you the actual ability to live a successful life. Let's dive in. Let's take a look at these first seven verses. Let's go ahead and read this together. You can follow along on the screens or in your Bibles. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning and let the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. That's what Proverbs is all about. And then he ends it by giving what I think is kind of the underlying foundational element for the whole book, and it's this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of of knowledge, fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, fools despise wisdom and instruction. So, in our help desk question, we're asking, What is, where do I find, how can I get wisdom and knowledge? I believe it's found right here up in the front, in the first chapter of the book of Proverbs, verse 7. And I want to make a few observations to do that. We're going to break this up into three different segments today. So we're going to be looking phrase by phrase at this one verse. The first one is the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. Point number one, what does the fear of the Lord mean? What is Solomon saying by the fear of the Lord? Well, first of all, he's not talking about being afraid. He's not talking about being scared. That's not the kind of fear that Solomon is talking about here. It's a phrase that's probably one of the most misunderstood phrases in all of Scripture. And it's mentioned multiple, multiple times throughout Scripture, probably a dozen or uh, or more times throughout Scripture. But we really don't have a clear understanding of what it means, what the fear of the Lord means. Um, You you and I have fear in life. We're, We're afraid of things experts say that people are afraid to go to the dentist. They're afraid of public speaking. They're afraid of death. We have things in our life that we're afraid of. That's not the kind of fear that Solomon was speaking of here. And in fact, it's a very different kind of fear. It's, It's not at all what he was talking about. And I think because of the circumstance that he was going through in his life, he used this word fear. The Hebrew word literally means respect. And in fact, it's even more emphatic than that. It means a profound respect. So a profound respect, Solomon says, is the beginning of knowledge. Point number A, the fear of the Lord is having a profound respect for the Lord. I think that um, we may get this wrong sometimes. Uh, A respect for God... I grew up kind of in a a church environment where respect for God meant coming in to the the worship service and, and being quiet and being reverent and being still. And if you've been around here long enough, you know that's not what I mean by respect. I want you to come in and be enthusiastic about what God is doing in your life. But I don't think respect, I think that's an old traditional sense of respect. Now, Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. I don't want to get a bunch of emails about this later today. Okay, hear me. I think that it's good for us to respect God and to have a reverence for God. I think that in our modern age, we probably don't have that enough. But I don't think that's what Solomon was talking about here. I believe that what Solomon was talking about is a profound respect for the Lord God in our attitude and in our relationship With Him. The Bible is clear all throughout Scripture that God desires for us to have a relationship with Him and that we were made also to have a relationship with Him. And so respect doesn't mean the kind of reverence that we have to fall on our face, even though there were times in Scripture where that happened when God literally physically appeared to different people. They fell on their face in reverence and respect for God. But I believe what Solomon is talking about here is actually more than just etiquette. And sometimes we replace the word etiquette and respect. That type of respect drives at etiquette and Anyone can have good etiquette in their spiritual lives, but not have true respect for God. The type of fear that I think we're talking about is a respect for the Lord. Point number B, how do we have respect for the Lord? How do we do this? How do we accomplish it? Well, first of all, I believe it's by doing what he says to do. I think, first of all, having a profound respect for God means to listen to what God is saying to each one of us and acting upon that. That is a respect for God. You see, we must learn to find out what God is trying to say to us and to do that, to execute what He's saying. We can find that in His Word. We can find it in His truths. We can find it by having a regular, daily, personal time with Him, just you and God one-on-one. That's how we can find what to do and what God tells us to do. And so we must learn to listen to His Word and obey it. We must study His truths and apply them, and we must listen to His voice and execute what He wants us to do. And so I think respecting God begins with doing what He says to do. It's just as simple as that. Secondly, Secondly, I think it's placing our wholehearted trust in him. Placing our wholehearted trust in him. I, I kind of equate this to a husband and wife relationship. And, and many of you have been in here over the past uh, six weeks uh, prior to this or seven weeks prior to this. Um, we had a whole series called This Is My Family where we discussed marriage issues. We discussed family issues. And in that, I don't know about you, but in our home, we've had a lot of discussion. (laughs) A lot of it's been really good. Some of it hasn't. But that's even been good because we're getting better. And one of the things that I've been really kind of focused on is the fact that there has to be a genuine trust between a husband and a wife for that relationship to work. And the times that I don't trust my wife... Are times when we aren't connected and the times that she doesn't trust me, we're not connected. And there's an expectation in that relationship. There's a mutual trust. It's the same thing with our relationship with God, that we trust that he's sovereign, that he's going to take care of our needs, that even in the moment of crisis, we can get on our knees and cry out to him because we trust him. You see, it's not just a trust in his salvation through Jesus Christ on the cross, as I described it earlier, but it's trusting him through all the things of life. You want to learn wisdom? You want to find wisdom? Learn to obey God, learn to do what he says, learn to trust. Thirdly, expressing genuine gratitude for who he is and what he has done. For who he is and what he has done expressing gratitude as we enter into this Thanksgiving period. It's just three or four weeks away. As we enter into this Thanksgiving period, I want to challenge you in your own personal time with God, express thanks. Give Him gratitude for the things that He's done in your life, for who He is and what He has done in your life. When you do that, you put yourself in a position of truly, truly having a genuine, profound respect for God. And then lastly, loving him with all that we are. One of the great themes all through scripture is that we're to love the Lord God with everything that we are. The Bible says with our heart and our mind and our soul, we should love God in that way. With everything that we are, we should love him. And so if you want to know how to have respect for God, how to have fear of God, as we're describing it here today and as Solomon used that word in Proverbs 1-7, it means that we obey It means that we trust. It means that we have gratitude. And it means we absolutely love Him. So let's take a look at a second question. Why does Proverbs in this second portion say that the fear of the Lord is only the beginning of knowledge? We've talked about the fear part. I hope that helped. I hope that understand. Let's talk about that second phrase. The second phrase is that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of knowledge. Why is it only the beginning of knowledge? Why isn't it full knowledge? Why can't we respect and fear God and just like in the next moment have all knowledge and wisdom about living life? Solomon says that it is the beginning of knowledge. A few weeks ago, um, I I felt called in my own spiritual life to begin to do some things that were new and fresh. And I did. It was about two weeks ago. Actually, it's two weeks ago tomorrow. And it's interesting in my spiritual life as I started doing some of these new practices in my own life just to have a fresh word from God to find out if there's any blind spots and that sort of thing. Um, After about day three of doing those new things, I found myself frustrated with God. Like, why am I still not understanding this? Three days. Three days. And I think that sometimes we in our kind of consumer mentality society, um, we, we want a quick fix, even spiritually. We kind of demand that, hey, God, if I pray to you tomorrow and if I have my time with you and if I read your word, um, I better have a better day on Monday. Like, it better be better at work and at school. And my golf game sure better be better after that. <laughs> and we have this idea that, like, there should be a quick fix in terms of our spiritual life. And it's really spiritual impatience that we have. It's an instant gratification kind of approach to our spiritual lives. And I want you to hear this this morning. It doesn't work like that. It takes time. It takes time to develop, and it takes time for the Spirit of God to work in us and for wisdom to be imparted. It doesn't happen instantly. But having respect for God, having fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. Two points from this phrase. Number one, wisdom and knowledge grow from a foundation of a genuine respect for the Lord. If you want to have wisdom, you have to have this genuine respect, as we talked about it, for God as a foundational piece. You can't just go out there and get wisdom. Or if you do, you might have it for a day and it might be fleeting. That's why the wisdom of the world doesn't work consistently over time. That's why God's wisdom works consistently over time. Secondly, it'll come through consistent time reading God's word and talking to him. It will come through consistent time reading God's word and talking to him. And so I want to encourage you to spend time daily, consistently, regularly with God Almighty. And when you do that, as time goes on, you will begin to experience wisdom and have wisdom for dealing with life. If you're consistent in your relationship with God, then as time goes on, you will start to see yourself obtaining and operating with more wisdom and knowledge in your life. Theologian Max Anders says this about the fact that fear and fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. He says, If a person does not start out in the right place... He cannot expect to end up in the right place. Fearing the Lord is the place to begin in gaining wisdom to live a skillful life. It's just the beginning. And lastly, the third phrase I want to look at very quickly as we wrap up today is this last phrase, fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so the question that I have for you today is why does the writer of Proverbs use the word fool to describe someone who despises wisdom and instruction. Why does he use fool? I mean, this is A team, right? Remember B.A. Baracus? Fool. Fool. I pity the fool. Does no one remember this? Is, am I the oldest one in here? I just dated myself. That's why you guys aren't laughing at that. We have this idea that fool, like we say fool sometimes, and we don't really have an understanding of of what that means. You know what the Hebrew word means? Let's let's see if this makes it any better. The Hebrew word for fool means idiot. (laughs) That made it a lot better, didn't it? Idiot and fool. Solomon says that if you despise wisdom and instruction... That you're a fool or an idiot. Point A under that point. The word fool is defined in the Hebrew as someone who's an idiot and has a lack of respect. And so we wonder, why did Solomon use that word? Why in the world? I mean, he's, he's Solomon. He wrote Proverbs. He's a man of God. He was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Shouldn't he have been more gentle with this? Well, I believe there's a few things going on. Number one, he wanted to make an impact in our lives and in the readers' lives. That it is a big deal when we don't pursue godly wisdom. He wanted to kind of give us a little bit of a shock factor there that if you don't pursue godly wisdom, that you'll live a life of foolishness. And so we wanted to be strong in the context of what he was talking about. And finally, without this respect for God, the writer of Proverbs is saying that you will despise wisdom. In, and instruction in your life. Without this respect for God, the writer of Proverbs is saying that you will despise wisdom and instruction in your life. You know, it's interesting, we all have people in our lives, um, I, I'm assuming that you have a person in your life who you're open with enough and maybe it's your spouse or maybe it's a, 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 a close friend or a, a counselor or a teacher, students, maybe it's a teacher or a coach or someone that you have asked to give you input about your life and how you're living it. And I don't know about you, but I've had several times in my life, probably more than several, maybe this happens, I don't know, once every once in a while, where whoever I have in my life approaches me about the thing that they're seeing in my life and they point it out to me. You're like, hey, Todd, I see this and I'm concerned about this. And you know what our response is to that generally? (laughs) Who are you to say that to me? even though you've already given them permission to say that to you. Who are you? That was harsh. It was mean-spirited. I'm not like that. That is our response sometimes to counsel in our life. And in week four, you're going to hear Cody talk about wisdom and counsel, and he's going to put those two together and connect those two. But I think it's a great example here of what happens when we despise And when we turn our ear and when we turn around on wisdom and instruction. Solomon says that a life of rejecting wisdom will lead to you being an idiot. And it'll lead to me being an idiot. That's what scripture says. Don't send me the email. Talk to God about it. That's the word that he used. And so if we live a life that's characterized by not listening to wisdom and instruction and not following God's wisdom and instruction, we'll live a miserable, a miserable life. And there are some people that just don't want to pursue wisdom. They want to pursue something else. It's a little bit like the story of a school dean I once heard. An angel appeared at a faculty meeting and tells this dean that in return for his unselfish and exemplary behavior, the Lord will reward him with his choice of infinite wealth, infinite wisdom, or infinite beauty. And without hesitating, this dean selects infinite wisdom. Done, the angel says, and a puff of smoke appears and a lightning bolt, and he's gone. Now all heads turn towards the dean who's surrounded by a faint glow of a halo. And there's silence. And one of his colleagues breaks the silence in the room by whispering, say something. And the dean looks at him and says, I should have taken the money. (laughs) We want what's temporal. We want what's fleeting. We want instant gratification, don't we? We want what can fix us now. What Solomon is saying is that if we pursue God, that we will receive wisdom over time. Pastors, counselors, and therapists' office are filled with people who are in crisis. Most of the time, they're in crisis because of the decisions that they've made. Every once in a while, they're filled with people, or every once in a while, they have people who come in because someone else has done something to them. But for the most part, their offices are filled with people who have made poor decisions And I would imagine that there's probably more than one person here who's sick and tired of making poor decisions. You know how I know that? Because I've been right where you are, making poor decisions in life. And if you're in here today and you're sick and tired of making poor decisions, if you're sick and tired of turning your ear and your mind and your spirit away from the wisdom that you know that can come from the Spirit of God, and you're frustrated with life, and how it's turned out, and you're angry about your circumstance, I'm here to tell you today that you can find wisdom and knowledge by seeking after the heart of God. So the challenge this month isn't just to read through the book of Proverbs, but is to allow the Spirit of God to change your heart on this issue of wisdom. If we pursue wisdom in our life, we will find a path to success. It may be uncommon. It may not look like what we think it will look like. But we will have success. My encouragement, my challenge is take it seriously. Commit to living a life that is successful because you executed with the wisdom that can only be found through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me this morning? God, I thank you so much for the book that was written by Solomon, this book that we're looking at over the course of these next few weeks. And God, I pray for those who are in here today, um, like I have been many times in my life, uh, frustrated with the decisions that I've made. And God, if we were really honest with ourselves, we would admit that um, no one else forced us into the circumstance that we're in. We put ourselves right there. We're victims, but we're victims of our own decision making. And God, I pray a prayer of blessing over those who would say, yeah, Todd, I'm kind of in that category right now. I kind of fit the mold of that frustrated, angry person that you're talking about. And God, I pray that you would allow them to seek out wisdom, that you would help them to find wisdom and knowledge and God that you would help them to find it. Help me to find it. Help all of us to find it in our relationship with you. Help us to understand what it means to fear you, God. Help us to listen to your heart as we search your word, as we search the scriptures, as we listen to your spirit leading in our lives. God, I pray that we would follow your lead. Help us, God, to trust you. Even when circumstances seem completely out of control, help us to trust that you are in control. And God, I pray for those who are in here who have never put their faith in you. God, I pray that they would trust you for salvation and eternal life in your son, Jesus. God, help us as we dive in and study your word and study wisdom. Help us to seek you out to find wisdom in life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.